sports teaches you character. It teaches you to play by the rules. It teaches you to know what it feels like to win and lose. It teaches you about life. Salute Nation. It's September 11, 2023, 4.12 a.m. money East Coast, and it's currently 61 degrees out here this morning in New York, episode 97. It is Monday morning. The weekend is done and over with. Back to work. Back to school. Back to the grind. It was a busy weekend for me. Sports-wise. Watching and covering the Yankees. I'll go over that three-game recap. Notre Dame had their game with the Wolfpack. I'll go over that game. And the Raiders versus the Donkeys. First game of the 2023-2024 NFL season. I'll go over that game as well. I posted on my community page of uh, episode ninety-seven for Friday would have been was canceled, and I wrote down my predictions of the Yankees, the Raiders, and Notre Dame. It's there. You can read it. And then you can come back and 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 hear what, you know, I I, you know, was I right on my predictions. But before we get to that, Black Saturday. I also posted the link of the Black Saturday and that I will be making my debut on the panel and I did. I had a lot of fun. I enjoy talking shit, so it felt natural. My only beast ever to joining any panel of a lot of people is the talking over each other. I'm not a fan of that. When I'm in the chat, I get always got annoyed when certain other people, when certain people just talk over each other all the fucking time. And it's like, give the other person a chance to respond instead of keeping your mouths open. It's just, it's just, it's always been a pet peeve of mine. Like, I mean, I could be in a conversations with friends and family and when I'm talking and I'm not done and they interrupt and I'm like, yo, I'm not done. Shut the fuck up. Because... When you're speaking, I I'm, I'm I remain silent until you're finished. That's all I respect. You know that that's that's. Don't interrupt when someone's talking. You know. But I admit, I'm gonna admit this: for being in the chat talking shit, to being on a panel talking shit, and people talking to each other. You know, when it's talking shit, it's necessary to talk over someone. <laughs> so I'm 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 more now lenient towards ah, it's all right, you know. If I want to interrupt somebody for talking shit, I'm going to do that to talk shit back. Will I be again on a black panel, Black Saturday panel? Yes. Absolutely. You know, so that's too bad. If you ever want me on a Black Saturday, I know you always say that anyone is, is allowed up. You know, just send the link and I'm coming up. Um, I, unless I'm too busy to to do that talking. Usually on Black Saturday, I, I usually give time to to not. So <laughs> just because I, I enjoy Black Saturday. So. Uh, who was on the menu? Oh, it was the Denver Donkeys, by the way. 
We beat the fuck out of the Denver Donkeys. Only one was brave enough to step into the black hole. He's, this is what he does. He talks shit. He knows his team. Of course, he was going to say he was going to win. Of, of course, you, you should, right? You should believe somewhat that your team has a chance. And he, uh, you know, he held his own. But I didn't expect, I, I, I didn't expect any less. Sev is that type of guy. He's from that TTC world, so this is nothing new. He gets up on panels. He talks his shit. You know, but he said he was going to come back, and he didn't. Um, hopefully, everything was all right afterwards. Of course, he made a video. Him and his wife made a video. They ate their crow, and it was. it's always much love and respect. Yeah, but yes, every time they come into the chat room, it's going to be haha, fuck you, donkey. <laughs> With love, of course. But I'm not going to lie. Being on that live, it kind of brought back some a, a little itch. Not a lot, but a little itch for me to get on more lives. So, what I'm saying is, if anybody wants me to get on their live, just ask. If I say no, it's because I'm busy or I'm not feeling well or whatever. Um, or, 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 or that your show is boring. And that is a shot to you, Raphael. I would not get on your live. This it's it, there's, there's love here, but... I will not get any lie because I can't understand a word you're fucking saying. I <laughs> and you drink piss. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's all love, anyways. No, I it just you know, I enjoy picking on Raphael. I think he's a good guy. He tries hard. He's learning not to look at the chat if he can't handle it. Um, but you know, he's a good dude. He's a good dude. I enjoy picking on him though, but it's always out of love. Black Saturday will return this Saturday. I absolutely believe so. Um, I believe, well, I, who's on the menu would be the Buffalo Bills. So any Bills fans out there, you listen to this. Come one, come all. That's all. The Daryl Dixon story. I let me finish this point. Yes, uh, but with will I be doing more lives or return to doing lives on my YouTube channel? Um, I want to, but then I don't want to. It all depends on. I'm what I got going on. Because with projects, keep on training and training more and learning new techniques with design. Uh, there's technology. It's constantly moving. As a graphic designer, you have to be on top of every new new thing. And, and it's, 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 Sometimes it is, you know, it is, especially learning new techniques, it's, it's, it's a constant, you know, every day you're, I'm learning something new. It's, everyone should. Or try and do something new. Challenging yourself, you know. But I got three lives on my channel already before, or I've done before. So, I, yeah, maybe number four will come up eventually. Problem is, and here's the main problem is, is there's so many people going on. 
where the time that I would go on and have, you know, because I'm a night owl, I don't go to bed till 5, 6, 7 a.m. my time, which is East Coast. You know, you, you have people running their shows to 2, 3 a.m. I'm not going to do a show for three to six hours when that's the time that I do, you know, Mondays and Fridays of podcasts. Um or or days that I, I'm I'm constantly, you know, reading up and learning new techniques of of whatever for you know for graphic designing. It's, it's you know, or or if I feel like you know unwinding and I I, I prefer watching a, a series that I'm currently watching, or if I want to watch a movie, you know what I mean that that's eventually. And I'm definitely not going to get up in the time I get up to <laughs> to do a live. Because at that time, that's taken away from other people who are doing their lives. So that's why. Eventually, maybe. So the Daryl Dixon story. The Walking Den Universe. The spinoffs are happening, and after Dead City, the first season, the six episodes, solid storytelling for the first season of Dead City. The Daryl Dixon story had something to hold up against, right? The main question is, what happened from Daryl Dixon from the final episode of season 11 of The Walking Dead from the time he was on his bike driving a pass or riding past a bunch of walkers to how the fuck did he get to France, right? Especially in the apocalyptic. It, it, how? There's no planes, <laughs> right? <laughs> Unless you could pilot yourself and you could find gasoline for, you know, I mean, there, there's nobody making oil anymore. There's nobody producing gas. So how the fuck can you get there? Obviously, boat. But again, you need right. You need gas and coal and shit like that for whatever type of boat you have. So you basically rowboats are the fucking thing to do, canoes or whatever. Now you have to face going from from Atlanta, Georgia, or or U.S. in general to France. So now you got to cross an ocean. <laughs> what happens in the ocean? Right, the waves are higher. It's a big body of water. Shit still that hasn't been fully explored yet, and you know, from from humans. How the fuck did you get there? What happened? Why would you get on? You know, was it meant to be? That was my concerns. And I thought, well, if season one episode or season one episode one of this because the second season's already been renewed for the daryl dixon then it needs to tell that why you could throw a little flashbacks of your character how you were with the original walking dead but it needs to be you hear why how did you get here why and what is the purpose to that why So you had Daryl Dixon's arrival to France. It sets off a violent chain of events that puts a young boy at the heart of a growing religious movement in danger. Dixon agrees to help shepherd the boy to safety in exchange for help returning to America. That was the plot of the about for episode one. The episode was good. It told what needed to be told. It got to the point of 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 why. And it clearly why. Of course, spoiler wise, I'm not gonna say it. Go to AMC and watch it. Give me your thoughts of that. I enjoyed it.
I absolutely enjoy it. Um, I I do believe in the Walking Universe or the Walking Dead universe. The writers of all these spinoffs and and the main shows and the Fear of the Walking Dead. It, it you know what I mean. It, I think it's been great storytelling. There are a couple of episodes that are like oh, boring. There's been maybe a season boring, but overall it's been collectively in the universe of televised Walking Dead. I'm not talking about the comic book story that adapted to. I'm talking the visualization of the story arc of the Walking Dead. Fantastic. It's been it's been enjoyed, right? I can't wait for see uh, episode two next Sunday. It's called Alut. Did I mention the first season of of this of the name of the episode? I can't remember if I did. <laughs> but anyways, the first episode is called La May Purdue. Now it's French or French, so I don't know if I'm saying it right. I'm sure I'm not, but. And episode two is going to be called Alut, which I Googled it. I think I'm taking over uh, Raphael's job. (laughs) You should Google something if you don't know anyways. But it's called French, or uh, it's called Lark in English, if that's right. You're watching it every Sunday, 9 p.m. Eastern, or whatever time it is for you. From you know when you can watch it. So season one will be six episodes. You know, I have fun. I have fun enjoyed this episode. So yeah. One thing I will say is, uh, they told uh, they they showed something that I was not expecting yet, and that is. The hype video for the Michonne and Rick Grimes story. I thought they would maybe show a little bit more on the upcoming, which is in October, of of the final six episodes of Fear of the Walking Dead. And they didn't. They didn't. They showed the Michonne and Rick Grimes. And what we can a little bit look forward to, and it says coming soon, which is in 2024, it's going to be out. So I don't know when in 2024, all I know, I don't know if it's going to, how many episodes are going to be. Um, I don't know if they're going to do another season two, uh, you know, season two to it. I do know Dead City, the Megan and Negan, there is a, there's going to be season two. Um, I'm not sure when that is. Daryl Dixon's story has been, you know, already renewed for their second season. I, I don't know what they're going to do. You know, I I, I can't wait. Um, there's talks and rumors that after this, they're going to run movies. So they, they'll produce movies. Which is kind of cool. I, I'll be interested in, you know, the Walking Dead movie. Absolutely. You know, after past tense of all this. Yeah, absolutely. You know, because there's so many stories out there still to be told. Because there are survivors. You know, and, and they all still have a story to tell. And, you know, they Walking Dead is a cash cow. It's a cash cow. And it's going to continue to be a cash cow as long as people are, like myself and others are enjoying it. I like to talk about this with, you know, the 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 same concept as it is in professional wrestling, or or even movies. But th- let's go with professional wrestling and the ratings, right? People are like, "Oh my God, the AEW is not posting these ratings like the WWE is doing." Is AEW in trouble? Or in trouble? The answer is no. 
and this is why it's a no is because these ratings are are based on a system of the 80s it's old-fashioned the sweep weeks is not the same as it used to because what used to be what that you have to watch it now or you're not going to ever watch it again is not the same anymore because whatever you miss you can watch it a day or two after and whenever you want after it's on demand streaming services none of that plays a full count in the true ratings so if AEW is pulling close to a million on dynamite or 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 whatever it's probably more over time it's like i look at it as youtube right you can you can post live or a video at that moment and whatever views you have at that showing at that time is going to be totally different in a day or two or three weeks or even months or you know what i mean because people return people watch it eventually whatever you miss today you can find tomorrow you can watch tomorrow you think of a catalog right that's how i look at it all as long as it's a cash cow and the network you're on is happy you're okay and aew is loved on the time warner network it's loved on tnt and tbs it's their cash cow it's what wcw was it's a cash cow. The only reason why WCW is no longer is because Ted Turner decided to get out of the business. That's the real reason why he sold it to AOL. And then AOL just didn't want to do it anymore. So that's when Vincent Kennedy McNugget bought it out. But if Ted Turner still wanted it, he would still be in the business. Well, I mean, he's a lot older now. But he had his own network. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's all it that matters. People are so hung up on the dumbest shit is they don't really see the true logic in anything anymore. They think because they don't like it that nobody else will. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go get something to drink, go to the bathroom, take a little break, come back, and we'll talk sports. So don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. So let's talk about some Notre Dame fighting Irish. Notre Dame is now 3-0. I'm going to get that done and over with. I predicted a victory for the Irish, but I said it will be it would not be a blowout. Like at least like the blowouts like it were was in the first two weeks. Coming into this game, the Wolfpack were two and one all time against the Irish. But last meeting between the two was in 2017, which the Irish won 35 to 17 in South Bend. Obviously, Notre Dame won, so now it's two and two. After the 45-24 win, and at halftime, it was 17-7 Irish. And in the second half, the Wolfpack added 17, but the Irish counted it with 28 points to make it that 45-24 win. I'm going to say this. The Wolfpack had a chance, all right? But I think Notre Dame was beating themselves. I think they took granted. I think they got a big head from the first two weeks of only allowing six points. But I did say, um, and I thought that the Wolfpack will be the first team to score a touchdown on them uh, before that game. You know, I didn't say that before the season. 
Um, I, I, I felt that only 17 points that the Wolf Pack would score, and they scored 24. Uh, but yeah, there were so many calls that were just, I don't know, it just, it, it looked like Notre Dame just in the first half, at least, that the Notre Dame just, just took Wolf Pack lightly. And, you know, what I mean, like Sam took a while to, 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 he didn't look as poised as normal. Um, there were just a lot of things that was mishapped and, and I actually thought that at that time it was like, oh wait, could could the Wolf Pack actually win this game? Of course, by halftime I was like, ah, nah. <laughs> when it was seventeen seven, I was like, all right, this is what Notre Dame needs to do is in the second half put it away, just put it away, put your, and then it, it happened. You know, that's what that's when the Notre Dame way. At that one time it was, it, it was thirty one to seven. 31-10 or something like that. And I was just like, all right, the game's over. And then there, then Wolfpack was getting some garbage points towards the end when the game was already over anyways. Um, but let's go over some uh, individual stats. This time, Sam Hartman played the full game. He went 15 for 24. Or 15 to 24. 24 attempts, 15, you know, completions. 286 yards, 11.9 average, four touchdowns, zero interceptions, two fumbles. Um, one was converted into a turnover. Uh, 69.5 quarterback rating. And the running back side, Audric Astin. 14 carries, 134 yards, 9.6 average, two rushing touchdowns. Longest run was 80 yards. Receiving. Tight end holding stairs. Led with four receptions, 115 yards, and two receiving touchdowns. Wide receiver Tobias Merriworth, or Merriweather. Led with a 45 average. Wide receiver Chris Tyree led with the longest reception of 65 yards. And the other two running receiving touchdowns came from wide receiver Jaden Greathouse and tight end Davis Sherwood. Defensive stats for the Irish. Safety Thomas Harper led with seven total tackles. Safety DJ Brown led with four solo tackles. Defense lineman Donovan Hinnish had the only Irish sack. He also led with one tackles for a loss. We had three total in that game. The other two came from cornerback Benjamin Morrison and linebacker Maurice Lafayou. Safety Harper and quarter cornerback Cam Hart led with two pass defense, defense each. Irish had three interceptions in this game for us, you know, like good for good, you know, the defense. Safety Brown, safety Xavier Watts, and cornerback Morrison. Kicking wise for the Irish, Spencer Schrader, a half or one out of two of field goals. Longest at 54 yards, six for six on extra points, so it's nine to uh, points total for him. Punting Bryce McPherson, six punts, 304, 304 yards, 50.7 average, zero touchbacks, zero inside the 20, and longest punt was 59 yards. Team stats. First downs, Irish had 16, Wolfpack had 20. Third down efficiency. Irish was 5 for 14. Wolfpack was 8 for 19. Fourth down efficiency. We didn't take Irish didn't take attempt. Wolfpack was 0 for 1. Or 0 for 1. Total yards 456 to 344. That's the first time the Irish really gave up a lot of yardage. Passing. 
going to go Irish first and then Wolfpack. Passing total yards was 286. For completion of the attempt, it was 15 for 24 or 15 and 24. Yards per pass was 11.9 and zero interception thrown. For Wolfpack, 260 yards, 22 completions for with 44 with 48 attempts, 5.4 yards per pass and three interceptions thrown. Rushing attack, 170 for the Irish, with 37 carries, 4.6 yards per rush. And on the Wolfpack side, 84 rushing yards, 30 carries, 2.8 yards per rush. Penalties. Irish was penalized 10 yard, or ten times for 82 yards. And Wolfpack was penalized 8 times for 54 yards. Turnovers. Irish had 1, which was a fumble. And Wolfpack had 3. Three interceptions. Time of possessions for Irish, 32 minutes and 53 seconds. Wolfpack, 27 minutes and, old, and seven seconds. Penalties is really what helped Wolfpack to battle in this game. Even though the Wolfpack scored three touchdowns, it was still a 21-point win and that is considered a blowout so i mean the irish won three games already they're three and oh all three were blowouts of course the first two was a total point scored of six no touchdowns given up in this game three touchdowns um, which is still good three games only three touchdowns given up and nine points of 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 field goals so that's that's pretty good so far um, next up for the Irish is against the one and one Central Michigan Shippewas. <laughs> um, it's a, on September 16th, so next Saturday. Um, it will be at South Bend. I'll go over history between these two if there is any, and because I can't remember if there is or not, and predictions on Friday show. Sound good? I think so. So now we uh normally I will go with Raiders and then the Yankees, right? I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna switch it up. I'm gonna go Yankees here and then leave the Raiders for last. So Brewers versus Yankees. Brewers are a better team. Coming in at 77 wins. Um, I have it written down on, on my community board. So if you want to see. But but anyways, it was a three-game set in the Bronx. I predicted the Brewers to win. And they did two games to one. So let's talk about it. Game one of one. Yankees lost. Two to eight. They got hit by the Brewers, sixteen to three. Both teams with one home run each. Yankees walked five times, striking out nine times, zero for nine with runners in scoring position. The Yankees' three hits came from Judge, Dominguez, and Peraza. Yankees' home run came from Dominguez. His fourth of the season. Yankees used five pitchers, starting with Sevy. Four innings pitched, gave up four hits, two runs, all earned, one home run, walk one, struck out five. His ERA is now a 6.65, which is fucking terrible. He He's fucking terrible anyways. Uh, Brito gets the L. He's six and seven. Lasuega and Weinzer also fucking sucked. Conley was the only Yankee pitcher in this game that did a good job. Got to keep it 100, guys. Game 2 or 3. Yankees lost 9 to 2. Again, I'll hit. This time 11 and 4. 
Brewers also out homer the Yankees one nothing. Yankees walk four times, striking out nine times. One for six, six with runners in scoring position. Yankees four hits came from Judge, Malape, Piera, and Peraza. Yankees used six fucking pitchers in this one. Starting with King. Five innings pitch, four hits, two runs, one earned, walked one, struck out nine. ERA is now 2.82 in his five starts of the uh, in his fifth start of the season. Wazer and Peralta and Marciano also pitched solid. And Lasuaga gets the L. He's 0-2. He sucked and Crook sucked. Game three of three. Yankees fucking won. <laughs> but they won in the 13th inning. Check this out, guys. Yankees were being no hit. You heard me right. No hit. Not a perfect game. No hit until the fucking 11th inning. Mm-hmm. Both teams were scoreless until that 11th inning. Brewers again now hit the Yankees, this time 6-3. to three. Yankees out-homer them, one to nothing. Yankees walk five times, striking out fucking 15 times in this game. Come on. Three for 12 were runners in scoring position. Yankees' three hits came from Stanton, Cabrera, and Kyle Gashika. The only home run in the game came from the bat of Staten, his number 20, 23rd home run. Yankees again use six pitchers. Seems like a theme there. Hambu drop. Starting with Cole. Seven strong innings. Three hits allowed, zero runs, zero walks, striking out nine. His ERA is now at 2.79. Peralta, Holmes, Conley was fucking good. Ramirez fucking sucks. And Wizquiski, <laughs> Ms. Quiski, whatever, gets the W. He's 2-0. Yankees are now 71 and 72 after 143rd game of the year last place in the AL East 19 and a half games back out of the first but one game left to be eliminated for that all they got to do is uh lose and Baltimore win and it's it or Baltimore just has to win and Yankees been eliminated from Contention to win a division title. Not like they were going to get it anyways. Ninth in the American League. Eight games out of the final wild card spot. 19 games remain. Yankees season series record is now 19, 20, and 7 after the loss of this series against the Brewers. Next game starts tonight. In Boston for a four-game set against the 73-70 and 70 Red Sox. Fourth series set against the two th- against this uh, against them in 2023. Um, in the nine games so far played, Red Sox are eight and one. With a seven-game win streak against the Yankees. This hurts even more. This is the last series of the 2023 season uh, between these two hated rivals. Predictions, I got Red Sox to win this four-game set. And here's why. Jason Dominguez got hurt. He got hurt and is lost for the season. He torn a UCL. Seve's hurt again. Not that matters, but he's always hurt. This is most likely his last game or last year with the Yankees anyways, this is contract year. It would be stupid and foolish for Yankees to pick up Savvy. Um, when he's healthy, is fantastic. He, he He's just hardly healthy anyways. Um, he's not the same guy as he used to be when he first was coming up. 
Um, he just always fucking hurt, and he just he's terrible now. There's a, quite a few other uh, injuries there too, but I don't. It, it just excuses after excuses. Um, this team is not good, guys. Um, they're on the verge to breaking two records in the negative light. Um, but I'm not going to say it yet because I think I've said it before, but it's 19 games left. Um, I think it's 19 games left. I think. I, I'm not sure. I, anyways, it just, it's, <laughs> it's, it's fucking terrible. <laughs> it, yeah, it's 19 games left. It, it just, it's, yeah, it's last time I had this feeling about this franchise was 1992. And that was the year that uh, the last time we uh, had a losing record. Below 500. Last time the Yankees finished dead last in the division was in 1990. We're close to doing that now here's the thing the yankees are not going to beat the red sox overall in the 2003 series yankees are red sox already did that 8-1 record even in this four game series even if the yankees swept it only be eight and five But what they would do, because they're only like two games back from Boston in the for the last place spot, if they sweep them, then they're two games up. So, <sighs> sucks, guys. It, it it definitely sucks. I, I don't want no pity. Yankee Yankees can never get pity. 27 world titles on the verge of finally having a, a streak of winning seasons snapped. I mean, it's it's a long time since having a bad season. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's no pity. Um, I, I, I'm okay with a losing season as long as Cash Clown and Boone Drop are gone. I don't know how serious a UCL is. I'm not a medical guy, so I, I don't know. I didn't look it up, but he's gone for the year. Of course, the season's already over anyways almost. So <laughs> so what is the year really? Um, it just, yeah, Yankees got so many dumb fucking contracts, and baseball is a guaranteed contract, although the Yankees can afford it, so. I don't know. I I think as long as Cash Clown is gone, that's the main ultimate thing. Cash Clown needs to go. He's the only one that needs to officially fully go. And then, okay, if you want to run Boondrop without the fucking devil fucking on his back, then okay, I'll give Boondrop a shot. You know, or another shot. And that's it. But Cash Clown definitely has to go. And then, you know, from that, but I doubt it. I doubt that that's what the real change is going to be. It's probably going to be some bringing over some jabroni that's fucking broken down as is. You know what I mean? It's, it is what it is. So, uh, what's next? Huh? Oh, yeah, I know what's next. I definitely know what's next. You guys know what's next? You know what we should talk about? We should talk about the Raiders. We definitely should talk about the Raiders. I was wrong. About my predictions here. I predicted a victory for the Raiders, which that was the right part. But my score prediction was wrong. 
I predicted 21-3. Foolish me. The final score ended up being 17-16. I also had JJ as the MVP of this game. Which he wasn't. And this is how that game went. At halftime, Donkeys led 13-10. In the second half, Raiders added a touchdown to Donkeys' three points for that 17-16 win. This win means it's seven wins in a row for the Yankees, uh, for the Raiders. I wish it was for the Yankees, but yeah, I'm a, hey, it's Raider talk time. Also, all-time record over the Donkeys is 72 wins, 54 losses, and just two ties. Pretty good. I like it. What's close to that, too, is our record overall against the Powder Puffs, but I'll get to that part when we play the Powder Puffs. Individual stats here. Jimmy G, 24-26, 200 yards, 7.7 average, two touchdowns, one interception, sack zero times, 83.5 QBR, a 107.9 rating. He also had nine carries for 11 yards, 1.2 average, zero touchdown, longest run of eight yards. He also had a fumble, but it he recovered. Rushing, Josh Jacobs, 19 carries for 48 yards, 2.5 average. That's definitely not MVP worthy. Receiving, wide receiver, Jacoby Myers. Myers. Nine receptions, 10 targets, 81 yards, two receiving touchdowns, and the longest reception of 21 yards. He was the MVP of the offense. And, you know, you can get honorable mention to Jimmy G. Um, tight end, Austin Hooper, led with 20 average. He, we didn't really use the wide receivers or the tight ends. I mean, Hooper was the only one that got targeted. So, in other words, he, he left a lot of wide opens. Not a lot, quite a few. Defense, cornerback. Nay Hobbs had 12 total tackles, eight solo, and two tackles for a loss. Defensive end, Max Crosby, and defensive tackle, Jerry Tillery, led with one sack each. Linebacker, Divine Diablo, led with one pass defended. And Crosby also led with two quarterback hits. Daniel Carlson, one for one field goals, 24 longest, 2.2, or two for two in extra points, five points total. And A.J. Cole had one punt, 49 yards, zero touchdown, uh, zero touchbacks, and zero inside the 20. Let's talk about team stats. First downs, 22 each. From pass, or first downs from passing, both teams had 11. First downs from rushing. Both teams had five. And from first downs from penalties, both teams had six. Pretty even, right? <laughs> Third down efficiency, both teams were five for 11. Fourth down efficiency, we were one for one. They didn't even take attempt. Total yards or total plays, 55 for us, 58 for them. Total yards, 261 yards for us, 260 for them. Total drives, we had seven total drives, they had six. Yards per play, we were 4.7, they were 4.5. For passing, this will also include completion and attempt. Yards per pass, interceptions thrown, and sacks for the yards loss. 
Raiders were 2,000, or yeah, 2,000. 200 yards passing, 20 for 26, 7.7. One interception thrown, zero sacks. For the Donkeys, 166 passing yards, 27 for 34, 4.60 interception thrown, sacked twice for a loss of 11. Rushing, total yards rushing, and this will include carries and yards per rush. Raiders, 61 rushing yards, 29 carries, 2.1 rushing yards. For the Donkeys, 94 rushing yards, 22 carries, 4.3 yards per rush. Red zone, we were 2 for 4, they were 2 for 3. Penalties, both teams were penalized 10 times. We were penalized for 97 to 100 yards, they were penalized for 83 yards. Turnovers, we only had one, which was an interception, could have been two. And we, but Jimmy recovered that fumble. They had zero. We had some hands on some balls. We could intercept it. Drop a couple. Time of possessions: twenty-seven minutes for fifty-two for us, and thirty-two minutes for eight seconds for them. Overall, it was a win. Right? It's hard to say what a team is going to be with the first four games of a season. First game coming off a of preseason. This is the time where the starters, you know, they, they have to adjust to the speed and, and or the, not just speed, but to the gameplay of the regular season because it matters. We must establish the defensive or must establish the run and defensive line must put pressure. Good news, we are 1-0. It is a win, a win in a division, and rest of the division is 0-1 to start the 2023-2024 season. Next up, another away game against the Bills. They play tonight on Monday Night Football against the Jets, so there's no record yet. I'll go over the history and the predictions on Friday's episode. Speaking of Friday episode, Irish game four, the game four preview at South Bend against Irish versus Chippewas or whatever history and predictions of that game. Yankees versus Red Sox four-game series recap. Remember, I predicted the Red Sox to win that set. Plus, you know, who we play next. Raiders and Bills preview history and predictions. Plus the Black Saturday and whatever else I want to talk about. So until then, and as always, Salute Nation.